Well, a fair bit going on this morning. We'll look at the aftermath of the RBNZ decision yesterday to go quickly on an end to bond buying. So how quickly will they raise rates? And with more inflation signs out there, could other banks change course and move to a faster timetable? Well, Jerome Powell is holding out. We'll look at his testimony yesterday with more to come today. And Aussie jobs numbers today. Obviously, they won't be as good as last time with the Sydney lockdown, which could have a while to run. It's not hurting the Aussie dollar, though. It's Thursday, the 15th of July, 2021. It's the morning call for Nab, good morning. Well, the US dollar is back down, losing 0.4% on the DXY. The Aussie has risen by the same amount, not quite at 75 US cents, though. The euro is up a little more, the pound a little less. The US dollar has lost 0.6% against the Japanese yen and a 7 basis point fall in US 10-year treasuries, down to 1.35%. But stocks are mixed. The S&P and Dow up 0.1%. The Nasdaq down a quarter percent. In Europe, the DAX is flat, same in France. But the FTSE 100 is down half a percent and further falls in oil over three percent off wti 2.6 percent down for brent every day is bringing us something new isn't it let's talk to gavin friend from nav in london about what's going on here i mean first of all stocks mixed uh though we are up earlier because we had strong earnings coming in but more interest clearly in bonds in the u.s since then it's inflation and central bank policy isn't it we've had uh, jerome powell sounding dovish in front of the congress even with all this inflation talk he still doesn't see the need to taper in a hurry does he Morning, Phil. You're right. It's all about central banks, isn't it? I mean, we had some updates from the RBNZ in New Zealand overnight, the Bank of Canada uh, on Wednesday. There was some higher inflation data out of the UK that's prompted a remark from one of the uh, Bank of England NPC members in a, a scheduled speech, it should be noted. And then, of course, to your point, the main event of the week uh, outside of that uh, CPI spike in uh, the US, the CPI report, is the congressional appearance by Fed Chair Jay Powell, where Uh, Wednesday and Thursday, he spends several hours answering questions from Congress on the Fed's semi-annual monetary policy report. We we know going into this report, of course, yields and were higher and that the market repricing of the, the, the first Fed hike for December 22 was uh, was being pulled back in again, you know, after that CPI report. But to your point, Fed Chair Powell, uh, he stuck to the script that the Fed still thinks the spike in inflation in the US is uh, that it, it, it is transitory or temporary. Um, he took he took questions for three hours, many of them focused on inflation each time he pushed back, giving an array of Fairly similar, it has to be said, answers, um, adding the well-known caveat that if the Fed did see, you know, persistent rises in inflation and rises, more importantly, inflation expectations, it had the tools and it would act. But pressed over and over, this is not the Fed's expectations, you know, on the used car price spike. Remember, we saw that on Tuesday. They're up 45% in the US year on year now. He said, unless there's a a multi-year shortage of used cars, people should see this as temporary. Uh, You know, we, we certainly at the Fed do, he said. Pressed again and again, he said, if we see things as temporary or transitory, it would be inappropriate, a mistake to act preemptively 
and to tighten policy, the point of which is to slow economic activity, slow the economy. That would be inappropriate. So in, in, in the back of his mind, he must be thinking, gee, I hope I'm right on this <laughs> because uh, it's a big problem otherwise. And yet the numbers keep on coming out. So he had the producer prices came in for the US. They were high as well today, 5.6% year on year, 1% uh, month on month for, for June. But of course, we are seeing that everywhere, aren't we? PPI for the UK today as well was uh, was up. Input prices, 9.1% up. So uh, yeah, I mean, and you know, you can understand the argument that these are all transitory. It's all supply chain related. But it does make uh, central banks wonder about how they're going to respond. And it's different because we are seeing such different response everywhere else. So there he is talking it back. The RBNZ yesterday pushing ahead very quickly and end to bond buying next week. We could have rate rises coming as soon as August this year. Wow. Yeah, so this was the RBNZ's uh, monetary policy review. Uh, it's halted its asset purchases as of the 23rd of July. Um, that's given way to you know heightened expectations of uh, of an August hike. To your point, uh, our BNZ colleagues note that it doesn't guarantee an August move. It's given itself options. You know, it can't really be reducing stimulus via an OCR hike while simultaneously adding stimulus via QE. Another reason to stop asset purchases is the recovery is really sort of starting, you know, taking hold, repairing the fiscal deficit. Now, the RBNZ isn't oblivious to the to the risks, you know, in the wider world and, you know, across the Tasman even, but it thinks that uh, absent any further significant uh, economic shocks, more persistent inflation pressure will build over time as a result of rising domestic capacity price uh, pressures and, and, and growing labour shortages. I mean, you know, this versus its May NPS uh, statement where it thought inflation would return sustainably to 2% around mid-2023. So we're going to get uh, Q2 uh, labour market data and CPI on Friday and that should confirm all this and that's why our BNZ colleagues have um, pulled forward their expectations of a hike from August to uh, sorry from uh, from November to August, um, and then they see a session a, a, a sort of succession of hikes, twenty five basis points, right out to um, February twenty twenty three, where the OCR will be sort of one one three quarters to two percent. So how can it be so different to the RBA? And is the RBA going to react to that, or, or also you know it seems to be a change of tone? So we had the you know that people are starting to central banks are starting to move forward. Well, okay, with the exception of the Fed, but the Bank of Canada maybe it's not going to rate hikes uh, hike rates uh, in a hurry, but it, but they are tapering. Uh, and uh, and then somewhere yeah. you, you mentioned the Bank of England as well because they had a big inflation yeah. number there today and you know and and talk about whether they need to bring their tapering uh, forward as well. Indeed, I mean, like just look at Canada. I mean, um, no shift in rates, of course, but but markets have been expecting and pricing rate hikes um, in the second half of next year. Um, about fifty basis points was priced. So the Bank of Canada on Wednesday did reduce its asset purchases further for the third time so it's now tapering down to 2 billion per week from 3 billion and that was pretty much expected mm. and it's and it, and it um it, it but it, it dialed in on the sort of labor market really there saying it could take something like 550,000 people to get uh, hired to reach the pre-pandemic unemployment rate given uh, population growth um, since since pre the, the virus now large job gains are expected and remember last friday we saw over 300,000 uh, job jobs added but all of those and more were part-time actually full-time jobs fell 
Um, so I think the read through here is it's going to take businesses suggesting it's going to take time to fill these positions. It also cuts the, the BOC cut its 2021 growth forecast slightly, although it raised it for 2022. So the overall take from the Bank of Canada is one that it's one of those first banks out there, not as early as the RBNZ. But um, it doesn't expect to hike rates there before the second half of next mm. year. Still ahead of the Fed. Um, but what about the Bank of England then? Because we had CPI numbers from there overnight, 2.5% up from 2.1% in May, uh, which was above the consensus. Core inflation was was also up from 22 to 2.3%. You know, lots of different things um, pushing those numbers up, suggesting that uh, um, businesses are taking advantage of the strong consumer demand after being locked up for so long. Um, that, you know, things like food prices, clothing, those kinds of things. Now, we still think that CPI will peak um, just above 3% late in 2021 um, and that the bank will remain on hold, uh, holding rates at 0.1% for some time to come. But there was a comment from Dave Ramsden at the Bank of England, one of the MPC members today, in a scheduled speech saying that uh, it now looked like inflation might push up to 4% before coming back. And of course, that's going to put pressure on. Yeah, he, he, I would say he's one of the hawks uh, on the committee. I don't think Governor Bailey will be so easily spooked. But obviously, you know, with things moving in other parts of the world, people like to draw conclusions and draw parallels, don't and they? Yeah, yeah. And so, OK, they are. There is pressure. So, you know, back to the original question about the RBA. Will they be feeling that pressure? No, I don't think so. Phil Lowe is in a different place and uh, not least because of the, uh, the, the the extension of the Sydney lockdown and the uncertainty on, on just how that's going to, you know, pan out. Uh, I mean, and now we did actually, our, our, our economists did affirm their view earlier Wednesday that the RBA will be on hold, we think, until 2024. Uh, we're not ruling out a late 2023 move, but, um, um, you know, it's it's we, we, don't, we certainly don't see a 2022 move, which is where markets uh, are, are, are starting, you know, have been pricing in. Moves. The key to lifting rates for the RBA will be when inflation is sustainably at target. And we have to remember the RBA says it will take what, several quarters of inflation above 2% to be judged as sustainable. And uh, and still likely it'll, it'll require wage rises sustainably above 3%. So, um, mm. you know, it's, gonna, it's, it's in a different position. I think. Now, I was going to talk about oil because uh, we had a big fall, even though we've, we've seen sort of like the inventory uh, running down a bit in the US, you would have thought perhaps the price would rise, but it's falling because supposedly the Saudis and the UAE have reached a deal over supplies. We can probably talk about that a bit more uh, tomorrow because we've still got a bit to cover today, including uh, all those numbers coming out of China. So we get the, the GDP today. We had a slow start in Q1. Uh, we've been hearing lots about a potential slowdown. So this is going to be quite an important number. Uh, absolutely, yeah. So we're going to get. I mean, China's always first out of the of the gates with uh, quarterly GDP. We're expecting Q2 GDP uh, today. Eight uh, percent uh, is the uh, is the year on year level. That's down from so eighteen point three percent in Q1. So um, and 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 that sort of you know transcribes to something like one percent Q on Q. Um, I think you know China is also releasing the the monthly uh, high activity numbers, so retail sales, industrial production, fixed asset. Uh, uh, investment and there's a lot of focus, obviously, on China at the moment and the slowdown. Some of it related to climate change, but you know they've been doing things like pushing up credit growth. We saw the triple R cut 
earlier this week. Actually, we had some decent um, trade numbers, which kind of boosted things a little bit. So it'll be very interesting to get the read through on that uh, on that GD report and those those monthly numbers, yeah. monthly activity numbers. And the Aussie confidence uh, was up a little. Uh, we saw yesterday, even though it seems Sydney is going to be in lockdown for longer. It was a bit of a surprise, really. I mean, po- possibly we're going to be in, in in lockdown for a lot longer if we can't stop those numbers rising. Uh, you know, you're going to assume that they're going to make the the lockdown tougher. You know, it's a new lawnmower or a cocktail dress. Is that really an essential item, Gavin? I wonder. Uh, But look, with the lockdown, can we really expect the jobs numbers in Australia to pick up? Because they're out today, aren't they? We had that big increase of 115,000 in May. So let's not get too excited about June. Yeah, so the consensus here is a 20,000 rise. The unemployment rate staying uh, unchanged at 5.1%. you know, we we have had some decent moves in, in, in recently, so perhaps you know a chance for some. So I would say that you know trying to predict the monthly numbers, you know, is fraught with uncertainty. They are so volatile. Yeah, all right. And UK employment numbers as well. It's a good day for jobs. Uh, UK employment numbers later on. We also get, the, of course, those weekly jobless claims in the US, which have been slowing down. So it'll be interesting to see what, where they go. And, and a second uh, appearance by Jay I was going to say, where, yeah. you know, But is he going to say anything he didn't yeah. say yesterday? He's just going to stick to the script, isn't he? Well, well he'll be asked again. It's a, di- it's a different committee, so they'll have the same questions on inflation. But I think today, one of the other points he tried to bang her is the Fed's, um, you know, second goal or other goal of its second of its two goals, which is maximum employment. I mean, he did talk about that quite a lot and what the Fed can do to do that. I mean, ultimately, that's that's something for Treasury. It's a it's a fiscal policy and education deci- decision, but it's certainly, you know, he thinks it's something that the Fed can mm. really help help out at. Help right. out in. Uh, yeah, that'll do for me. Uh, and uh, US industrial production as well. There's a lot happening, isn't there? Uh, we should both go and get our tongues sorted out, I think. Uh, and uh, I'll catch you again very soon. Thanks, Gavin. Thanks, Phil. Cheers. I tell you, everyone's got their own theories, haven't they, about uh, where we go from here. No wonder the markets are confused. Uh, that's it for today. I'm Phil Darby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then. <laughs>